0: Are you tired of using Google Drive or Dropbox to send files to clients? Well, never get burned again with FilePass. I love and use FilePass exclusively for sending files to my clients. It's a cloud file sharing website specifically made by engineers for engineers. It's absolutely amazing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash FilePass to check out the full feature list and subscribe today. Never lose another dime to burned projects. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host and with me, as always, my beautiful co-host, Lou. How are you, Lou? Well, beautiful. hold on. We got to think of another nickname for you. We said Groovy Lou last time, so... can we call luscious me Sweet Lou? Lou? Sweet luscious Lou. Lou. Ooh,
1: Luscious Lou. Luscious
0: Lou. Okay, next time is Sweet Ooh. Lou, but Luscious Lou? Yeah, Luscious. Luscious Lou. I don't... That's, that's kind of like a weird adjective. I mean... I don't
1: know how I feel about that, to be honest. I've never been called Luscious before, so as long as Anna's
0: okay with it, I think it's Okay. <laughs> Anna's my fiancé, by the way. I think, uh, uh, you know what? I just wanted an L adjective. That's what that was. But um, we're, today is a fun one. Today is a lazy... No, nah, no, nah, we can't say that. <laughs> we can't say that. Uh, but today is a fun episode for a lot of people that are listening today. We get a lot of requests to talk about technical stuff. Um, whether about how to use specific plugins or gear or whatnot, and how busing and routing and gain staging works, we will probably once a month start incorporating a FAQ, you know, start doing FAQ episodes where we answer some questions. So feel free to either DM us on Instagram. What's your at? Uh, at Mid Side Sound, M I D S I D E S O U N D. And mine's at DKMixes. They're both in the description of the podcast episode as well. Um, Or you can email me your questions. Uh, Please leave your name and where you're from and all the information if you'd like to be shout out. And uh, just email us your questions. Just let us know that this is a question for the podcast. I I think we would love to start doing some FAQ kind of like questions. But today, um, we want to talk about... We want to talk about gear. 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 Now, this is a beautiful topic.
1: Me and DK like to go head-to-head on these things, and not for the reasons of who's smarter, but rather, why do we even care sometimes?
0: So, I'm going to be totally honest with you. If you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, you know that although I am extremely technical and can keep up, maybe not as much as Lou, who like, actually can build this stuff and repair this stuff, but like uh, at the same time, I understand why people use... Analog gear or different things, but it's like a
1: secret magical little touch. It's like and I it's like salt on your fries.
0: But at the same time, for me, if you know me, like
1: you I like it using
0: it if it's an option, but at the same time, if it gets even close to in the way of efficiency,
1: mm-hmm.
0: heck nah. Like like for, I example, can see that. like for example, like I love um Warm Audio. Please sponsor us. Uh, I love Warm Audio's uh <laughs> A uh, nice. little bus comp that they have it's like six thousand seven hundred bucks. it's cheap, like, and I have used a bunch of other stuff, like really nice stuff, like bus comps, and that one's just like really nice, it's got a high pass filter built in, transformer option is like really nice, and it's super easy to use. And I only use it in one spot, which is typically usually the mix bus. So like yeah. I print it and because everything is dented, so like I just in the comment section of Pro Tools, I type down my settings so I don't even have to recall it. Three detents to the right. Yeah, no, like uh, like <laughs> this is the attack, this is the ratio, this is the, the release, this is how much gain reduction I was getting about, like and uh, even that like you could get really technical, like but you're like not getting the same exact gain reduction you're like maybe it might be minus 1 but you're actually doing minus 1.2 less i'm like i don't that's yeah, one thing those about are I'm those not are micro man. things like, i don't you, care about you know, that stuff i don't yeah. care about that stuff and i come from like you know i i I talk about him too much, and he probably's like, "Yo, stop talking about me, DK." But like Leslie, like honestly,
1: Leslie should just give you a, like small percentage of mixes that he finds due to your podcast. I know for
0: real, for real, <laughs> Leslie, <laughs> Leslie Breathway, like he he's known for having nice equipment and consoles, and bringing his. Bringing his laptop and throwing it on top of the console and totally ignoring the console, I to a point I think he actually made mention that he doesn't even use the monitoring section or, or he only uses the monitoring section one of the two. Yeah, uh, it's pretty popular practice. So it's like it's crazy to me and um, well to a lot of people, but like that's kind of like I'm in that mindset. Like I was kind, it's, it's funny I bring him up a lot because I was already in that mindset before, and then he just made me more confident in that mindset. Like I'm not anti gear. I'm not anti gear, but I know that there's value, and like every time I use it, I'm like, holy crap! I can't get this sound with plugins. But if I can't get that sound with just plugins, and let alone just stock plugins, then I'm not a mix engineer. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I should I I like because what we, I say this all the time. Like when I. I was coaching someone. Someone hired me for a mix and they paid a little bit extra to like just Zoom and FaceTime talk about the mix and how I did it so they can use it. like that was one of the listeners of the podcast. Shout out to you, Steve, Steven. And, uh, what we did is, um, as we showed him, like the first thing that I said is he asked me how I got the drum sound. The first thing I said is I, when I heard the drums, I knew exactly what I wanted to do sonically before I even touched anything.
1: Yep. And I feel like that's half the battle. Whether you have gear or not, it's just understanding what is your intention.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and the gear and the different third-party plugins and stuff, it just makes things easier. Yeah. For example, like we could talk about plugin lines, like the black box, like the way mm, that it saturates. Yeah. What is
1: it? The HG two HG
0: two. The yeah. yeah, the black box. Like <laughs> it saturates in a specific way that I could probably emulate somehow in a different plugin. But it's just it just does it on its own that specific yep. way. So it's like, I just rather use that. It's easy. It's faster. It's easier. It's actually more efficient. Yep. So tell us, Lou. Like, what kind of gear? What is, is gear a hoax? Like, what do you think about this?
1: I think it's a double-edged sword. I believe gear is both a hoax and not. Tell. And okay. Please explain l- this. Let's 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 go into the conspiracy theories. Here. Oh shoot! <laughs> 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 All right. So in a nutshell, this is my view. I grew up in the rock world, um, and guitar amps vary extremely in price. You can get a 20-watt tube amp.
0: Oh, Okay, hold for, on. Wait. A guitar amp has to be tube. Okay. That, okay. It has to be, I, but I have you heard that.
1: some of the solid-state stuff from Fender? They're not bad when the, you're in the clean tones, but if you're trying to get into distorted tones, it's got
0: to be tube. If you got to have some grit, get some tube grit. But then there's like uh, what is it like uh, again? I'm not a super rock guy, so like I know like the Helix mm-hmm. from Line Six is really nice. at emulation. What's the the one that you always see? That's like kind of like oh a the, box? the Kemper, the uh, Kemper.
1: Positive Grid also has their own as well. Yeah, uh, and you're sponsored by, by Positive
0: Grid. Can I say uh, that? I-
1: you, you, I'm not sponsored. I, I worked with them as a representative at Nam before. That's dope. Positive yeah. Good.
0: So, like, I mean, they are getting a lot better.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny because I, I don't say this against any company specifically, but, you know, I've also watched as Ivana Manley is talking about how some companies try to clone their hardware. And she will say it in front of them in the middle of, like, different expos where it's like, yeah, you know, these plugins are cool. But they're not anywhere close the real thing, and uh, I'll, I'll go into that right now. But in a nutshell, this is what we're looking at: the hoax behind gear is that you'll become a better engineer if you have it.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. That
1: is bull I don't. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I can say shiza, but you know, <laughs> for reals though, like yeah, that's it's it. The reality is this: look, I tell DK sometimes I hear his mixes and I think he's better. He hears mine's and he thinks the opposite. You know, and it's fine. We're just different. But the reality is, you can't tell me that because I have the gear, I'm instantly better than you. I've heard some amazing mixes out of laptops with stock plugins. I've heard artists who record their own vocals in their bedroom. And because they don't really know what they're doing, all they do is throw up some auto tune, some reverb, some delays, and they just try to balance as best as they can their levels. And it sounds amazing. And they're like, can you mix this? All I'm doing is adding a touch of compression, touch of the VQ. I'm putting maybe a little bit of saturation. And it's done. Like, a lot of times, if you have the vision, if you know what it is you're trying to execute and you know how to use your tools that you have available, then that's fine. Because it's a poor workman that blames his tools. Uh, ooh, can we say that again? It's, it's a, a poor, poor workman that blames his tools. Ooh, that's, that's heavy. Now let's go into why it matters.
0: Okay, please. Yeah, please argue for gear.
1: So everybody wants to know how do you get that unique sound and this and that, or how do you get a better sound? Once you know what you're doing, you can now start saying, okay, am I professional enough to actually afford it? Because I'll be honest, uh, we have a tube tech right there. That's about $3,600. Uh, that's a down payment on a nice car. Do you want a nice car or do you want a compressor that's not going to make you a better engineer? Well, the
0: answer for me is obvious. A car doesn't make me money.
1: A tube tech does, but arguably speaking, does the tube tech make you more money as a mixing engineer or as heck a recording nah, engineer? Heck exactly. Nah. So if you want your mixes to get better, you don't need a tube tech.
0: And to be honest, you don't need. Yeah, for reals. Yeah. And that's and Not, that's just because we own a commercial studio. Exactly. If, if we own mixing, a commercial
1: studio and we actually book out our time to people like from Atlantic, Sony, Universal, you know, these people have expectations. They have gear requirements, and because of that, we can justify the actual cost of it. But. Once again, that's where you ask yourself, am I actually making money off of the gear? Am I actually required to have it? Is there a reason why it makes sense for me to have it on the way in? Now, here's the here's the fun part. I do believe it makes things sound better. I do believe that plug-in emulations are not quite there yet, but they're so friggin' close. I had to think of another word. My bad. There was a delay there. <laughs> but um, they're so friggin' close that... Sometimes, depending on what's going on, I will choose to mix in the box and solely in the box because the situation does not call for analog gear. Now, let's say that I'm at the studio and the client is asking me to mix a song and he's solely paying for the studio for me to mix. I will run through the analog gear because I have it available. They're there to give me notes live. And I know I'm not going to do a lot of revisions and I can always print it on the way in. That I don't have to rely on the gear when I get revision notes. Like, can you make this one word louder? I don't want to have to redial that compressor back in. It's annoying. Efficiency dies. But every time I use my retro double wide retro instruments, if you're listening, I so love it. It's so amazing. I prefer it over my tube tech. I'll be honest. I
0: I actually I used it as on the tube bus, and I was like trying to get it to like match, and I did. And I turned it on and off. It's it's the retro. I will say I've never really felt this before. But it was, like, usually with plugins, it's straightforward. Like, you know what the difference is when you turn yeah. it on. Like, the UAD Poltech stuff, which is amazing. Yeah. you can hear kind of, like, the bass boost and, like, yeah, the thing yeah. that the Poltec does naturally. But, yeah. like, I put that on.
1: And it's a and secret.
0: It, it's, like, I, like, for the first time ever, like, me with the ATCs, like, these, like, really nice speakers in a really analytical room. And as an experienced person, I was, like, I don't know what's happening. But and it's, it's amazing. Magical. Oh, my gosh. Amazing like, magic. I've never, like, it was so beautiful. And, like... I think that's I, – I give credit to that.
1: Yeah, so that's why I say like there's certain pieces that hold this little magical taste, if you will, and they can offer that to your mix, and that's great. But the reality is this. If you don't know what you're doing with it, I don't suggest you spend the money on it. I'd actually rather you spend your money on acoustic treatment on your monitoring section because – um you know, this is public knowledge. You know, TZO is always posting about his gear that he uses to mix. He has a pair of PMC-226s, one of my favorite monitors, um, alongside, like, some of the Amphion stuff. Um, but he just has a pair of 226s. He has a Lynx Hilo, uh, a Tube Tech CO1B, and an Aurora GTP one um, But that's Which, all the this gear is all, is, uh, This is uh, a, you know, for all
0: those that are, like, kind of new to the mixing game. It's just this is, micro- is all just high-end gear.
1: Yeah, but it's a single vocal chain. A two channel interface and some nice monitors, but, oh, nice came, monitors, yeah. yeah, but even when I talk to him, he's like i don't really care about if it's vintage or not. If it sounds good, it is good period we're talking about chris brown's engineer, he's the guy mixing all the new stuff that you hear on the radio from Chris Brown, you know multi platinum engineer who says it doesn't really matter to me if it's vintage or new, does it sound good? is the point because he's swapped out a bunch of microphones, we set up a bunch of demos, and he'll actually say. I don't like this one. I don't like that one. I don't like this. And the funny thing is we're presenting him with like the latest models, what's popular, what's going on in the market. But he's so focused on getting the right sound versus the popular sound. It doesn't matter if you have a tube tech, if a $1,300 compressor is going to be the favorable one. You just spent three times more for something that you like less.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, I think that there is a point if you're listening right now and you're looking at wanting to buy gear Um, and you own a personal studio or a home studio, project studio, it's not necessarily commercial. What I mean by commercial is that labels are booking you and you rent out the space as a space. Not as like people hire you as the engineer, like you rent out the space and people bring their own engineers as part of the offering. If you do that, then maybe the gear selection might be important because then, uh, usually in an indie setting, if a client is wanting specific gear, that's kind of a red flag. And like they're, that's like showing that they're high maintenance. But like the other day we had smoke perp asking us in the session, like if we had a C a hundred G and not
1: just that, but before they even booked the session, I was required to send them an equipment list. Uh, what pro tools version are you using? Like well, if it's not HDX, we don't want to book good thing. We have HDX. Uh, If you don't have a 1073 or a CL1B, we don't want to book, which is fine. But the reality is we're talking about now almost investing $15,000 in between those three pieces, depending on your system requirements and everything. Yeah. But that's just starting up. And not everybody's set up to just spend $15,000 on something not including the mic yet. The the microphone that they requested now, if you try to buy it on the market now that it's discontinued, is $20,000 average. I don't have $20,000 for that, and unfortunately, we have to make do with what we have, but if you're a home studio, I don't suggest spending $40,000 on something that you think is going to make you sound like Chris Brown when you haven't trained your vocals like Chris Brown has, if you haven't learned how to do uh, harmony stacks and things of that nature, if you haven't learned how to use your own stock plugins and third-party plugins in a way that TZO can make it sound good, because TZO isn't relying on outboard gear to make Chris Brown sound amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm a big fan of economics and like marketplace and like studying trends and like consumer trends and stuff like that and and uh, a little bit of capitalism in there in the sense that like now in 2020, if you have $200 and you buy yourself a little Focusrite kit that they sell at Guitar Center, the $200 it comes with a microphone and an interface and maybe their set of their own in-house crappy headphones. Yeah, we're we're at a point right now. Where in the economic marketplace of audio, no company can afford to put out gear that is not usable. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so even at that, even if you only have like a two hundred dollar setup, which to be honest, like I don't like that setup. I don't like the focus right mic. It's 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 impossible to make a good mic and eighty a good condenser mic with like eighty bucks but Imagine
1: like, having two hundred dollars and you have to build a microphone, an interface, a pop filter
0: yeah of course of course it's not gonna be good but at the same time it's still good enough and the margins like are good enough that they can't afford to make a crappy product so like it's you have no excuses it's not the 70s or 80s anymore where you need a million dollars to start a little project studio like you need 200 bucks and you better like if it's not good it ain't your gear folks like sure it could ramp it up like, yeah, if, all of a sudden, if you go from, a, a, like, a 2i2 two two Focusrite interface yep. to, like, a really nice, like, uh, Lavery or, like, something, else, yeah. I think there's going to be a huge-ass difference. But, like, yeah. that's not going to stop you from getting a Grammy if the song is that good.
1: I'll be honest, people. Let's, let's just clear the air on this one. Uh, I've got lots of Grammy-winning friends who only maybe had an Apollo and one mic, you know, when they won their Grammys. And that's it.
0: And some of y'all listening right now have more than that. Yep. And still wanting more gear. Like I remember
1: working at Sam Ash, and uh, one of the things that opened up my eyes to not needing gear because everybody knows uh, that knows me. I'm a I'm a gear guy. Like I think about all of our rack units are mine.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. For reals, like
1: like at least forty thousand dollars worth of gear is mine. But that's because I have such love and appreciation for what it does. That I justify it for my own use. But even when DK came and partnered with me on this studio, he even said, like, honestly, I probably won't even use it. You know, even though we have it, like, because the reality is efficiency is going to be your best friend. But when I was at Sam Ash, a client came in and uh, he was a Grammy Award winning jazz producer. And he said, All I need to build a studio nowadays is an Apollo, a dangerous music D box.
0: Which is a monitor controller
1: with a nice D to A, his talk back and all that. It's, it's a really great product guys. But, um, you know, realistically, how many times are you doing custom cue mixes nowadays?
0: Never. I
1: only do it when I'm working with bands, which is like we said in a, in a previous podcast is, is such a niche market nowadays because, uh, you know, vocal tracking has become like the number one style tracking, uh, that you're getting hired for. I, I don't, I think the last time I actually recorded drums was about four months ago, and yet I've got a collection of mics and preamps dedicated to drums.
0: I have a drum kit dedicated to drums. (laughs) (laughs) And it's stacked in a corner. Yeah, for real.
1: But, you know, it all goes back to saying, you know, if Grammy Award winners are saying, hey, I don't need all the extra gear. I I know Grammy Award winning vocalists and writers and producers who say they prefer using the Slate mic because it's under $1,000. They can emulate many different types of microphones, which... Even them, they're saying our engineers are telling us that they can't really hear the difference so much. And other ones are saying that, yeah, they hear the difference. But they all agree. Even if you hear the difference, is it usable? You know, just focus on getting the best part quality you can out of what you have before you start investing in a lot of gear. Now, if you are interested in gear, I'm always happy to help people find the best of deals and everything. Um,
0: Yo, let's talk about this. Actually, this is super important. You got to email. What's, what's your email?
1: Uh, Lou, L U. At in the mix studios.com. Studios with an S. Yes. Studios. Um, I've helped a lot of people acquire their gear. I've actually set up consoles, patch bays for a lot of people. Um, uh, one of the more popular spaces that I've done is uh, the SSL console and the, the vocal mics and all that kind of stuff uh, at Chris Brown's house. Uh, that's actually how I met TZO, um, doing that installation. I've done. Uh, hey, I heard, I
0: heard a rumor that uh, maybe we might have convinced Tizio to come on be a podcast.
1: You know, Tizio is a good friend and I've talked to him about it and uh, he's definitely, definitely interested. So I'd rather leave it as a little surprise if he says yes or no, but uh, I think we're hinting in a certain direction now. Yeah, whoa. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the funny thing. Like, um, it just goes back to saying, like, when you're building out these spaces for people, sometimes you want to have the right gear for your vocal chain, but that's almost it, you know? I believe gear is amazing when it comes to the recording process, and I think it's a nuisance when it becomes uh, a mixing requirement because if you had to do EQ changes, maybe this is a little bright or can we scoop out a little mids, and now you have to do recall settings and all that. I know studios who have assistants dedicated to system recalls where they take a 30-minute break in between mixes because their assistant now has to recall the console. Imagine what you could be doing with those 30 minutes. Let's say you mix 3 songs a day, that's an hour and a half of your time just wasted on recalls. Yeah. And a lot of us, we don't get to work in music full time, so an hour and a half out of our time on that extreme is a lot of time to waste. Uh, Macon was saying, you know, in in order to maintain a relationship in our industry, sometimes we have to compromise with our partners, and the reality is that, you know, he likes to record when his uh, partner's not home. So, he tries to get as much as he can done. and I believe Like his girl, like three- partner as in
0: his girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, I thought, like, because you, you say also partner for, like, business partner. So no confusion
1: here. Like, okay. his girlfriend, his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, um, so in a nutshell, he only has about, like, two, three hours to record, what, like, three songs? Because he's trying to now, he's been doing one song a week, and he's been announcing how he's going to be doing two songs a week soon.
0: Oh, um, we already finished a year and a half worth of music, we're only on week 33.
1: See, and that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Some people need efficiency more than they need technical superiority. Yes, the gear is amazing. Yes, it does help, but it really helps more in the vocal chain or in the recording process. But when it comes to the production side of things, it's best to simplify that because sometimes you're looking for speed and quantity. And sometimes you're looking for quality over speed. But The reality is this, in our job, the reason that we're so successful and have the clients that we have is because we've met certain expectations of theirs. And in order to meet these expectations, sometimes you have to compromise between, do I have a wall full of gear that's going to slow me down or do I condense it down to the core items that I need and speed up my workflow? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think there is one specific aspect where gear does help. Mastering? Uh, well, uh, other than mastering, I was going to say, that's like, because for me, efficiency is the game, name of the game. Yeah. Efficiency, like, if it takes time, heck, no, nah, I'm not going to use it. No, nah, like, don't get me wrong, like, sure, manly might sound better with the real thing, but if it takes forever to patch up that thing, like, I'm, yep. I'm not going to deal with the patch box, I'm just going to use the, the plugin, or maybe just a different EQ, like, something yep. else. But the thing is, the one place that I do actually think that it does make it more efficient um, is tracking. Yeah. Because if you're recording... And you have it compressed and EQ'd on the way in, it saves time. Yeah. Because now you have to do less mixing-wise. Yep.
1: And I know a lot of people are actually scared or just unwilling to do that on the way in. Uh, For instance, like when we were doing the smoke perp session, uh, I was explaining to the engineer, uh, which, you know, we may have soon as well. Um, D. I asked them, like, hey, do you want uh, the distressor on channel 2 when he's recording in the control room versus in the booth? And he's like, actually, I'd rather have no compression on the way in. You know, he he relies more on what his plugins are doing. So that just goes further to say, you know, just, yes, you can have compression on the way in. And, yes, it actually makes the mixing process a lot easier. But some people are so used to their workflow that minimizing even more helps them out. You know, so just kind of find what works for you. Um, I'll be honest. I know clients who have U47s and they still use... Like the Townsend Labs because it's easier for them. Uh I know people would say. Townsend C800. Labs is,
0: is the UA's emulation microphone exactly. for those
1: that don't know. And um I know people who still have a C eight hundred G and they refuse to downgrade to anything, but every time they take it around, they have to be swapping tubes, which is scarce right now. Parts are no longer available, you know. Why would you want to limit yourself to a very expensive item that, yes, it gives you arguably a really nice sound, but
0: nah, many arguably. people that ag-
1: – and I say arguably because many people actually hear these microphones that a lot of people are using and they revere and they find out that it doesn't work for their voice. We're so unique. If you listen to DK and I, if, if I use this SM7B versus he uses SM7B, I may sound tubby because it's a low-end heavy mic. He may sound perfect because he's got a higher register i got no low-end
0: in my voice. I need and a fat I need something with a fat low and, like I use a me. ribbon mic I'm fat and I still Lowen. sound nasally,
1: <laughs> no, but. no, but you know it just goes to say, you know there is no holy grail piece, so don't seek the holy grail piece, seek what works for you, you know, and if you need help with that, you can always email me, I can help you find what it is you're looking for if you give me a description of what you're after, and if you're looking to purchase something, I've built relationships with lots of brands, I help a lot of them. Get outreach to to a lot of bigger names and things like that, and because of that, I'm always happy to pass on the help that I can to everybody that reaches out. So if you ever need help finding things, just remember e- my email is lou l u at mid oh sorry at in the mix studios with an s dot com. Just let me know what you need. I will I'll put that email in the
0: description as well. Yeah, yeah, Lou Lou sells and resells equipment for many many people. Um, and, uh, can, if you're actually genuinely looking for recommendations, which Lou is extremely knowledgeable about recommendations because he sells a lot of this gear. So he, he uses it a lot. Yeah. And then on top of this, on top of that, like maybe, you know, throw, uh, Lou can throw you a deal if you're looking for something, so I'll throw if you, you, if you a bone. I'll throw you a bone. So if you're looking for something like on top of that, like at the same time, like if you're at a home studio and you're about to break, bake, <laughs> break, you're the about bank. to break the bank and go broke for what? a compressor.
1: How about you get the recommendation rethink first? That. Yeah, yeah like, rethink that. Yeah, let's let's have that conversation before you spend you know thirty six hundred on something that neither one of us necessarily want as our first choice, anyways.
0: L- let's smack some sense <laughs> into you. So, virtually, I'll, I'll, I'll
1: put the hand emoji.
0: No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But yeah, on that note, like, gear is good, but also inefficient to- at times. It can be
1: a magical benefit, like we said about the retros. The MOG EQs are amazing. Shout out to MOG.
0: Oh my gosh, shout out to MOG. Now
1: that DK has actually heard the 500 series unit versus the actual plugin, he agrees. The 500 series unit still has a little more magic than the actual plugin. It's it's a
0: little bit more clear.
1: But, here's the funny thing. DK, have you ever had an issue with the plugin before discovering this? Uh, Nah, never.
0: Nah. I still use the plugin, full confidence. Exactly. So...
1: If you want that little bit of clarity more and you feel like you're in a stage in which that benefits your productions, then all, by all means, hit me up. Um, I have a nice little relationship with the company, and we can definitely find who can actually get you the pieces that you need. But more importantly, just focus on getting a good sound even with what you have because you'd be surprised. Um, one of my favorite albums that I ever mixed was completely in the box because we couldn't afford anything, and we we lusted over the idea of – Man, if we could only mix this in a real studio. Maybe we should do the final touch-ups of the mix at a real studio. Go in, throw the multi-tracks into an SSL and all this kind of stuff and you know, listening back to it 3 years later, we're still blown away by it. It feels so good. It's so organic and yet it's digital. It's in the box. You know, so don't let me deter you from buying gear. I'm I'm a gear slut. Yeah. And that's that's what I am. I I love gear. I would never Tell somebody that the gear is not as good as the plug-in or less than the plug-in or, or pointless. But I do believe that it, you need to scale your business. And until it's a full-fledged business... There we go.
0: We're talking about business now. There yeah, we go.
1: I think you need to scale it to what it is you actually need. Some people need a good vocal chain because all they do is produce songs for vocalists. Some people record bands. Some people don't actually record Some people are post-production engineers and they still like the idea of gear because they want to have something as a nicer option but even then it's not required because how many post-production studios do you see with walls of gear and yet they're doing stuff for like disney
0: yeah for real you never see
1: it in, in it's only in music that we lust over it so much but it's because we're creatives we want that extra magic we 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 want that bit that gives us the edge on our creativity. We want
0: to feel like we're different from other people. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why exclusive items exist. It's to kind of,
1: like you know, it's marketing
0: like an elite, you know, <laughs> it's it's like to make people feel good, like elite. But yeah. we're actually, we're like way over time with this episode. But the last thing I want to bring up is, do you think Serban Ganea, 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 Serban? Do you know who that is? He's like yes. the top pop mixer. Nobody knows about him. Oh, oh. Nobody knows about him. He's low key. He's like, he mixes um, every single song on the pop charts, like a yeah, lot yeah. of them. Yeah. He doesn't, he mixes in the box.
1: Yeah. And uh, I believe it's Jason Joshua that says if it's vocals, it's in the box. Mm-hmm. If it's music, sure. Andrew, he goes Andrew. through the SSL, but vocals are strictly in the box. He does and, not put it through the console.
0: Andrew Sheps is all in the box now, apparently. Yeah, he
1: sold his Neve. Oh, he
0: sold his. I believe,
1: uh, yeah, I believe I remember seeing something.
0: His console. Yeah. Oh. Um. Because I I thought you would. If you had that already, I thought you would use it for summing at the least. No, because I remember he was
1: doing a dual console setup, but I believe I read somewhere that he actually sold it. I may be wrong on this, but I know there's a lot of top engineers that are now starting to go into just in the box hybrid setups where they still have their favorite pieces. Like Jesse Ray, he's he's a deskless setup. Which is amazing because how many people can go without a desk? I mean, come on.
0: I don't know. I can't use a mouse and keyboard on my lap. That yeah, exactly. But he
1: still has eleven seventy eights on the side. He still has distressors on the side. Um, he still has, uh, I believe, a ten seventy three on the side. But he's he's kind of a minimalist, you know. And that's the amazing part because like the Burner Boy stuff is ninety percent in the box. Like if anything, he might have used a couple of his pieces. But if you want to say Maybe. that ten percent was the recording process.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and 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 with that, honestly, let us know what you think. Let it, ask us any questions. Again, send us any questions. To be honest, you can just DM us on Instagram at our different Instagram tags if you don't follow us already, and then uh, which is in the uh, the podcast description, the episode description. Um, if you'd like some gear recommendations, some help in figuring out what you need, maybe you talk to Lou, Lou at in dot com. Yep. Uh, another thing that you can Ask Lou questions. Ask us questions. I love to nerd out. Uh, for now, we'll just do, you know what? Just ask lou at in mixstudios.com will be the questions email. Just send yep. questions that way, and we'll answer them on the podcast. It's funny because I can keep up with the technical, and I understand why it exists, but we're just the opposite. So it's like fun to talk about this stuff.
1: Yep, He'll see me patching in things while he's completely in the box, and we both really like each other's mixes. They're just different they different it's not one better than the other and I tell him all the time I think some of his mixes are better and that's great because I'm listening to a, to a different point of view if you want to call it that
0: yeah and it goes in the other way sometimes I hear things like with uh, R&B like and a lot of other that stuff I'm like whoa that low end is like the best balance in a vocal I've heard you know like <laughs> it's it's nice and I it's, it's, it's more Barry importantly White. it's different you know yeah, so. <laughs> so on that note everybody happy mixing and stay saucy
1: one, two, three.
0: If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's linksd mixes.com. Is episodes once a week not enough for you? Or are you looking for more technical information from the Mixing Music Podcast? Well, guess what? Now you can. You can subscribe to our exclusive content and triple the amount of episodes that you get access to. That's right. Instead of the free once a week episodes, you get three episodes a week for only $4 a month or $40 a year. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to get access to those episodes now.